Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. You're listening to BGN Radio. Bradford, got to get rid of it, and does the touchdown! Burton at the goal line. A gorgeous throw by Bradford under pressure, and the Eagles get into the end zone for the second time in the first quarter. Now, you've got an unblocked defender in Micah Hyde. Plants his feet. Takes the hit and gets the ball out. That's beautiful. Right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. We have made it to our first uh, preview show of the regular season. Let's give ourselves a, a round of applause here. Thank you very much. Here we finally made it. Uh, we we celebrated by ending the offseason last episode, but here we are, one eleven with the Eagles and Falcons preview. And uh, joining us, uh, of course, to celebrate this fine occasion, this wonderful kickoff to the Eagles season, uh, Mr. Patrick Wall. How are you, sir? Great. Thanks for having me, John. And from our Eagles, of course, the wonderful Mr. Matt Daring. What's happening, buddy? John, I am red and shirtless for some Eagles football. Yes, we are. I, I've painted my my chest with butter, and we are ready to rock and roll here. A couple of house cleaning things. Obviously, if you haven't heard by now, uh, I want to thank everybody that's been involved, and thank you for all the congratulations and uh, maybe even some of the hate that I haven't read yet. But uh, we are finally taking BGN Radio Terrestrial, and we are moving to 97.5. The Fanatic, every Sunday from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., all football season long. So we are very excited for that. I know a lot of you have already asked, hey, what's that mean for the podcast? Uh, Nothing really changes. You're going to hear the preview show on Friday and the reaction show on Monday or Tuesday, just like a regular schedule. Just bonus coverage as we are finally getting getting into uh, the radio scene. So we are very excited about that, and we start this Sunday, and we actually get the extended hour from 8 a.m. to 11 with myself, James Zeltzer, BLG is going to be chiming in, of course, Patrick and Matt, and all of us, will you'll hear all of our voices in and out through the entire season, so we're going to have a lot of fun. Also, again, if you're just listening and you to us on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever, we really love it. What we would really love, if you could subscribe through iTunes, leave us a review, your feedback, we always want to hear from you, uh, and that's what helps grow the podcast and you know, fun things like being on the radio. So thanks again to everybody for listening and subscribing and doing all that stuff. But let's get down to the business, boys, as uh, P-Wall. I, I have never been so just whirlwinded 
by everything that has happened from the offseason to where we are now. Back in March, there couldn't have been, I don't know, maybe one person who thought all these moves are great and the Eagles are going to the Super Bowl. Because the from the national perspective, local perspective, I know even us on the site, uh, uh, all the you know different Mariota takes, all the what the hell's going on with Sam Bradford. And now we're here, and now everybody, or at least it seems like everybody, feels like the Eagles are going to go to the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship game. What the hell happened in between March and September that went from, I don't know about this Chip Kelly and this Eagles team to, oh, yeah, they're going to win the Super Bowl. The preseason game against the Packers, yeah, without a doubt. It. I, think it, I mean, it. it had to have been, right? I mean, yeah, Sam Bradford goes 10 for 10 and three touchdowns, and then all the national writers go, you know, guys, I think Chip Kelly might be building something down there, Philly. <laughs> like, wow, these guys look really smart. They watched the first quarter of a preseason game. I think, honestly, I think it's that simple. I think everybody kind of... It's the it's the ultimate caveat of like, well, Chip Kelly is a mastermind. I know that because smart football said so. So <laughs> it must be something. Whatever they're building down there, I don't know what it is, but it's it sure is something. It's, and then now we're the, you know, when I saw all of the uh uh the sort of the accolades that people wanted to throw at the Eagles over the last week or so, I couldn't help but be reminded of like earlier in the decade when uh, everybody was like you know, guys, the uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they're going to be really good this year. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, and they never made the playoffs, but everyone was like, "This is this is definitely the year for the Arizona Cardinals." So, congratulations, everybody. We are the Kurt Warner Falcon or the yeah. Kurt Warner uh, Cardinals. Now. Yeah, it's that's what it seems like, and it started with started with the little whispers, and then Adam Schefter goes out ninety seven five the fanatic on on the, the Anthony Gargano morning show and says, "Bam, that's my Super Bowl pick," and everybody's like. Oh, wow, Adam Schefter, okay. Uh, and then hours later, bam, our old friend Joe Banner, who then also predicted everything correctly from the past season of saying, like, Harbaugh's gone, Seattle and uh, Patriots are in the Super Bowl, and the Pats are going to win, and whatever other random prediction. Oh, the Bears weren't because they're awful or something like that. Then Joe Banner comes out and says, yeah, that's definitely going to happen. Uh, and then Russell... Land, uh, who I, can't, I think is from NFL.com or, or somewhere, has everything mapped out where Eagles beat Dallas in the national champion or the NFC, uh, uh, Jesus, the national championship game. John, come on, buddy. In the He has uh, the Eagles beating Dallas in the championship game. And then he has our old friend Andy Reid facing Chip Kelly and beating uh, Andy Reid and the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl title, which I think would be like the most amazing script in Philadelphia. And we'd Oh, P or I, I think I would just jump out of a window at that point because like some some awful curse would have been broken by doing that. But I, Matt, it, with all this, it kind of I don't know. I was fine that nobody believed in Sam Bradford, and I had finally come around to it. And I had like, yeah, okay, I think they can do a deep playoff run, but I'm a little scared now. Like I feel like everybody just kind of gave us the kiss of death here. Yeah, I, I don't. I never really believed in that. I I like the Eagles. John, I as as do I, and, and a is, lot of us here is, listening. Now, bear with me. Uh, <laughs> no, but I like the Eagles. I like when other people like the Eagles. I like talking about the Eagles. I like coming on here and talking about some birds with my buds. You know, that's you too. And but like no, thanks, you know, I, 
I, I like stop. So I like it when <laughs> I like it when other people are, are up on this team because I love this team. I love watching this team. I like talking about it. So when other people are when other people are right there with me, I kind of always enjoy that. I never really bought into the the kiss of death thing. I never really bought into the um you know the the whole thing about like well we got to fly under the radar or is this a distraction or you know any of that nonsense. Like this is a good team. And, you know, this team, this team should believe in themselves because this is how you succeed. You believe in yourself, uh, kids. So <laughs> when, when, when I hear stuff like this, I always am like, yeah, you know what? I think the Eagles could win the Super Bowl too. Like, thank you for validating me on this. Um, so no, I don't know. I don't know if you want to say that. And if these guys want to go on there and they want to give us their picks, like that's fine. They don't, they don't really know any, any more than we do. I mean, they probably know a little bit less about the Eagles than we do. Certainly, you know, dudes like Schefter's, that's not really what they do anyway. They, right. you know, they're not really super clued in. They're not like, um, you know, they're not tape junkies. They're not like, if you asked them why, just be like, well, they're, think they're pretty good like okay good enough but i i like i like this team and if you want to tell me that this team is great i'm just going to nod and agree because i also think that yeah and i guess it's kind of flat logic by my part because you know i'm the one that was, <laughs> was already putting out. i was like yeah i think this could be uh an nfc championship game too so i mean if people want to say it's a, and we just said it was a it definitely should be considered a, a super bowl contender i guess it's one of those like oh now that everybody else is saying it, it's not as i don't feel as good and it's not as fun or maybe i want to protect you know, um, all of Philadelphia. I don't know what it is. It just kind of feels weird when pump people jump on board, but you're right. I mean, we're already thinking it anyway. We can't say that it's not a bad football team. And with that, Patrick, um, obviously I know that Ed Warner had already port- re- been reporting this week that, hey, you know, the talks be- of extension contract between uh, Sam Bradford and the Eagles are pretty much poo-pooed. In no, a, it was a short-term extension. Yeah, the short-term extension itself. So I don't, and then they said that they, I, I, I think he went on ESPN and said that I, you know, they're just kind of tabling the whole thing because, you know, Bradford wants a, an exorbitant amount of money or something like that, something along those lines. Somebody can correct me on, on Twitter or in the feed or somewhere if I'm wrong about that. But uh, then our old friend Eli Manning gets paid, uh, for, you know, $84 million over four years and it's about $21 million her, which is just right along with Philip Rivers and under Big Ben. And I'm just thinking at this point, that's probably what you're going to have to pay anyway. And probably even more than that, if we expect this team to do what we think it does and he stays healthy. Uh, I still kind of keep coming back to you might as well pay him now at that 28, 19, 18, wherever it's going to be. Uh, rather than try and go through everything at the end of the year. I'm just curious on your thoughts on that. Well, I think the reason it, has got, it hasn't gotten done at this point is because I don't think Sam Bradford is willing to, to, to take that. I think he thinks that he's going to have a comeback at the player of the year season. I think he thinks he's going to play like a top five quarterback, and he's going to want to get paid like one. I mean, th- this whole thing to me always kind of seemed like a non-starter because there's just so much middle ground for a contract uh, contract uh, negotiation that it just didn't ever seem realistic for something to get done preseason. I mean, uh, part of the report that we saw, the reason that that Bradford didn't want to go ahead and go through with, with a short-term contract extension was because of how he played in the preseason. And if you're an Eagles fan, that should give you some measure of satisfaction because that essentially means that Sam Bradford looked at his performance and said, wow, if this is what oh, I can boy. do in the preseason, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, Forget what Eli Manning got paid. I want to get paid what, you know, Tom Brady gets paid. Or I want to get paid what 
I'm just you saying, know, if you do, you don't think he would take eighty million for five years right now? Oh gosh, I have no idea. I, that's what I'm saying, Matt. If you were to pay him eighty for 80, 80 million bucks over the next five years, what I, I know it's like an absurd, speculative, what if question. Do you think he would be in that ballpark of taking that? No. Yeah. See, so yeah, that's it, man. Right. I mean, you yeah. would have to pay him eighty bucks over eighty eighty bucks. You'd have to pay him a lot more than that. <laughs> eighty million bucks. I'll quarters. take eighty bucks. Eighty million bucks. Or a hundred, a hundred over five, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, you'd have to pay him eighty million over four. Like you'd have to start with Eli and then bump it up because he is six years younger and he is. um, I mean, that's the big one. He's six years younger and like he's not all tied up in the future of this franchise. Like you know, if anything, I feel like Eli. You know, that's that's a good chunk of change, but like he he might have gotten more if there wasn't the whole like Giants need him and he needs them sort of thing going on. You know, I I don't think that I don't think he would take that kind of deal. No, sir. I I, I think you got you're starting at five one ten and you're going from there. Man. Yeah. Yeah, here's the thing. I mean you look at the top the top one, two, three, four, five, the top five quarterbacks, the dollar amount on their contracts is about it's between one ten and one twenty five and between five and six years. So yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you're is, looking at, you're looking at stuff like that. I don't know. Like, so the flip side of this is you have the Flacco contract and like these big contracts are never great, but that one's like the worst one I've ever seen yeah, yeah. because that one has all these options in it and options, the way that they work is they like kick in with a new signing bonus. So that just like keeps top piling on the new, this, this, pro, this new pro rated thing. So when you put these options in there, um, the, the, I think that I think their player options. So he basically just like keeps getting like a new contract added onto his old one. And before you know it, he's like uncuttable. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, so you're looking at stuff like that. Like that's the sort of thing I'd hope to avoid. Like I would just hope that you would just get him like a, a pretty nice pay as you go guaranteed for injury, that kind of thing. And then the rest of it gets taken care of. But if you bump that dollar amount up enough, you know, you're going to get him, you're going to get him the vanity because he's going to get a hundred million dollar deal. And he is. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying to everybody that's just like, well, you can't pay him that now. I would rather pay him five over 100 right this moment rather than say, oh, let's give him a blank check. Because if you give him a blank check and whatever, let's say they win the Super Bowl, get to the NFC Championship game. Like exactly what happened with Joe Flack. Exactly. That's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to be stuck in that random weird thing. So whatever it takes to get it done right now, I would do, whether that's you know, four or five weeks into the season. And I know there's a lot of people that would say, oh, hey, you can't do that until he actually does something or, you know, the injury risk and et cetera, et cetera. It doesn't matter if he stays healthy for the entire year. You're still going to be talking about that injury risk into the next year and into the next year. And you're always going to be thinking about it. At some point, you just got to go. It's going to get so boring. I'm bored <laughs> thinking about it. No, I know, I know. It's, it's terribly boring. And it's still, oh. it's still like a thing now and everybody's going to be talking about it. But that's what I'm saying. I would, I would, I would absolutely, and have the league and every fan laugh at it, because when it comes around and they see what happens when he stays upright and all this other stuff, I mean, you might be talking about one twenty, one twenty five over five now, or whatever it ends up being. Uh, you know, they could tag him twice, and that's all fine too. But it's just, it's just a weird situation to have that, and I would rather not tag him. I would rather just get the deal done now. And, and be done with it. Whatever it's whatever is going to be done now will be cheaper at the end of the year. But let's uh, parlay that and uh, head into some of the X's and O's here. And, of course, we want to take all your phone calls. So let's get into that right now. We want to hear from you. Message here. I'm sure that's what you're 
Call the Duncan Philly Anytime Hotline. Leave us a message and we'll put you on the air. 267 245 6066. That's 267 245 6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. Hi, this is Lawrence calling from San Francisco. I'm a diehard Eagles fan and uh, I just had an interesting question that I'd like to ask about um, whether the defense is underrated. I feel like most people don't give the Eagles defense enough credit. They, the front seven has looked monstrous and uh, and though the secondary has taken a little while to uh, amend its weakness, the defense is just going to be literally awesome. It's going to be one of the top I would say top three defenses in the league, but people don't really take it that way. They, I'd say with all the you know, even without all the starters out, they, they did pretty well during the preseason. So, what do you guys think about uh, the Eagles' defense as it is and uh, predictions for the season? Love to hear them. Thanks, BGN. Maybe surprised that this wasn't a top ten defense. I hesitate to sort of rank a defense just because there's so many other things that go into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but. I think this defense is going to be good enough that it can win you close games. I don't think we're going to see the kind of breakdowns that, unfortunately, Eagles fans have been used to seeing over the last few years. My hope is that the days of Namdi turning around and looking for the cornerback or the days of us screaming at Bradley Fletcher to turn his head around, I have a feeling those days are behind us. Um, and if the Eagles defense can play the way that it did in the preseason, we're also going to be talking about a really opportunistic defense, which is one of those things that, I think everyone says is fluky until it isn't kind of like the special teams last year. Yeah. Um, if you can have a defense, if you can have a defense that like is a top 10 to top 12 defense, but comes away with, you know, more picks than it, you know, it gives it up leads the league in, in turnovers. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. I mean, it, that's, that's a boon. That's almost like, it's almost like free offense basically. Yeah. So I think, I don't think this is going to be, you know, the Legion of boom or anything like that, but I think it's going to be, um, a relatively anonymous defense that's going to have a couple guys with good sack numbers, maybe one or two guys with like borderline great interception numbers. And it's going to be a defense that, that if you're an Eagles fan, you're really excited about. But if you're like a Titans fan, you probably won't know much about <laughs> yeah. Uh All right, let's head to the next one. Hey uh, guys. Uh, first of all, congratulations on getting on the fanatic. It's pretty awesome. But, uh, uh, my question is: uh, uh, Are we going to is uh, our new look secondary going to get embarrassed uh, on Monday? Because uh, uh, I, I think I think we're markedly improved, but uh, I don't know who we have Roddy. It's not feeling good. Uh, yeah, are we going to get embarrassed? <laughs> no, you uh, <laughs> you really sowed the seeds on this one, John. You've been talking this up all week, uh, but I don't know. I don't think. I don't really, yeah, I could see it happening. Like Julio Jones is is sort of an X factor here, and there's certainly, you know, there's no there's no shutting him down. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I mean, he's a very good, very productive player. Um, but you know, if you can come away with him only hurting you a couple of times, I think that's going to be a good day. I certainly don't think there's anything embarrassing about that. You know, if you want to talk to me about the slot corner woes, that could be an issue. But as far as this goes, I mean, Atlanta's going to have. They're going to have their hands full handling this front, the defensive front that they have in front of them, because they are 
terrible up front. Yes. They have they have nothing doing for them up front. So if you want to talk to me about like a few a few nice big chunk plays or anything like that, but they're going to have a hard time uh, passing on us, you know, uh, reliably. There's just there's just no way that Matt Ryan's going to get the kind of time that he wants. Um, there's no way that you know he's going to he's going to be able to get the space or uh, have any of the any of the ability and the opportunity to go through what he's looking to see. I mean, it's just it's just not going to be a good game for him. I, I think that like even if the secondary doesn't play super duper, this is not this is not a real test for them because. And again, I mean, this this front seven, these are they are going to bail out the fr- bail out the secondary, which is, I mean, that's pretty much the idea, right? Yeah, and just to share with everybody, we heard all of us heard a little bit of a whisper uh, that Brandon Graham uh, was secretly calling out somebody on the Atlanta Falcons and quote, uh, "I'm gonna mess him up." <laughs> so that's that's what I'm excited about is is to see Brandon Graham absolutely light up some of that turnstile offensive line that they have down there. And I'm I'm with Matt. I still think, and I'll tell Charles this too, but I still think Julio goes for about a buck, uh, eight catches and a touchdown because he's Julio Jones. But I think that's I, I the the only other thing that does worry me. And I will go back to the slot corner thing and EJ Biggers and whoever's going to end up starting there or if they're playing in base maybe not so much uh but hankerson is is one of those guys that might be might hurt you so but again it just kind of comes down to pressure and everything else and and i don't think it it's going to end up being that bad let's go to uh our last phone call here what's up bgn this is uh steven lee calling from west palm beach florida first of all i want to say congratulations to all you guys on the major power move over to 975 guys uh, definitely put in the work and deserve everything good happening to you. I uh, just called in um, in regards to Monday's game at Atlanta. Uh, I have two predictions and one question. My first prediction is uh, I think Sam Bradford against this lukewarm defense is going to have 300-plus uh, yards and three touchdowns in his first game as an Eagle. I don't think that that's absurd to think, and um, I think we come out swinging and, again, not really scared of their secondary. Uh, my second prediction, this one's a little bit more bold, is I think we're going to hold Atlanta to 20 points or less. Uh, this is a team that's obviously very, very good at home. They can put up points. Um, but for some reason, I think our defense is, is going to come out swinging. I think the front seven's going to get considerable pressure on Matt Ryan. They really don't have a run game. And uh, for whatever reason, I think that they won't score more than 20 points. Now, the one question I have for you guys is, why is Dan Quinn uh, – getting the amount of praise that he is before ever having coached a single game. Uh, maybe you guys don't view it that way, but I hear a lot of people saying, oh, Dan Quinn, you know, he's going to turn it around in year one. This is the final piece that will make them, uh, you know, uh, an intimidating playoff team. And I just don't see it. Um, I know he's probably a really good defensive mind, but you have to have personnel for that. And the only two players that jump out to me on their defense is Desmond Trufant and Vic Beasley. And Vic Beasley's a rookie. And Desmond Trufant's only going into his third year. So uh, what's your guys' thought on Dan Quinn, and what does Atlanta end up doing this year? Thanks. And it just so happens that uh, Stephen and I kind of share a similar opinion on on Dan Quinn here, Patrick. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's getting a ton of praise, but there's definitely a lot of buzz, I think, down in Atlanta, and maybe so nationally. And again, another Seattle guy with the bald head and looks like Gus Bradley and all that good stuff, but... Yeah, I don't know. What, uh, your thoughts on Dan Quinn? I think this is very similar to when all the Patriots disciples left and everyone was like talking about Eric Mangini, like the man genius. It's just like there's a really good defense in the NFL and 
a couple of coaches have come over from that team. And so that makes them really good coaches. Oh, defensive head coaches. They, yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I'm the same. I, yeah, I don't know those guys. And I mean, this is Philly. We love a defense. We got to go watch. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, it, 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 no, uh, no tolerance for them. I think that in general, they're terrible game day coaches, but they get, they just get an incredible amount of, of credit for things that, I mean, they might be do that, but like you talk about Pete Carroll, you know, or somebody like that. And you say like, well, he's a defensive head coach. You know, he is a disciplined guy. Like, give me a break. Nothing about Pete Carroll's discipline. You know, like half the team's suspended for PEDs. Everybody on there is running their mouth all the time. Like there's nothing about this team that screams di- discipline. But, you know, you get the same sort of thing. Like that sort of thing carries over when people are like, well, he's a defensive head coach. So he's hardworking, work a day, coach's son, you know, scrapper. <laughs> Everybody on the team is in the film room all the time. Like, it's how they, they just, describe like bad quarterbacks too. I yeah, like. right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's, and hey, defensive head coaches love bad quarterbacks. Um <laughs> Falcons absolutely should have hired an offensive guy, by the way, because if their identity is that they have a quarterback, they should have like done something about that other than been like Kyle Shanahan, you know, <laughs> <laughs> come on over like that. That sort of that sort of stuff drives me nuts. But yeah, well, let's uh, let's ask the, the the man in charge of, you know, I'm going to declare him the man in charge of the entire Atlanta Falcons fan base, along with everything that's going on there. He most recently has just uh, as football savages is uh, sadly shutting down and uh, uh, but he has uh, joined right back up with uh, our sister SB Nation site over at the Falcoholic and uh, we welcome in uh, right now on the Duncan Philly Hotline Mr. Charles McDonald. Charles what's happening buddy? I'm doing great John how about you? Good and it's at McDraft2 correct? On on the twitter.com? Perfect. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's my handle. Yeah you can't uh, you don't give this guy too much crap for being a Falcons fan this week because he's got excellent draft analysis and all that good stuff and we're, we're lo- really looking forward to uh, all the pieces that you put up over at the Vanaholic. But uh, so I, I just, you know, in Philadelphia, I mean, we went from uh, every national writer saying Chip Kelly is crazy. Uh, the go back to college thing started coming. And then all of a sudden, for whatever reason, in the last month, everybody got out of peak of Sam Bradford. And now everybody's saying, well, this team is either going to be in the Super Bowl, or <laughs> the Super Bowl, which has kind of been crazy whirlwind over here. But Atlanta with Dan Quinn, with everything that's, kind of changing, changing the mentality of what was in there before. How does most of Atlanta feel about this season and Dan Quinn taking over as head coach? Oh, we are fired up to use a Dan Quinn quote. We're really excited for the season. For the first time since probably drafted Julio Jones back in 2011, the team really feels like it has a purpose and a mindset on what they want to accomplish and how they want to build the team uh, the defense was a huge problem last year, so they went out and hired one of the best in the business, Dan Quinn from Seattle, and he immediately got to work, you know, signing guys like Brooks Reed and Justin Durant, short the linebacking core, got a dynamite pick in Vic Beasley in the top 10 in the draft, and he splashed his preseason. Uh, we're, we're fired up. We're ready to go, and uh, we can't wait for Monday night. Yeah, speaking of Vic Beasley, uh, obviously the Falcons drafted him in the first round, one of the uh, the most, I guess, talked about or celebrated uh, rookie defensive players coming out of this draft in the last uh, draft. What do you anticipate his his sort of role being or his impact for the Falcons defense, which you know was last last ranked in the in DVOA uh, last season? What what kind of impact do you think he's going to have uh, Monday night and going forward this season? Well, you know, Monday night, uh, he's a rookie, so I'm not expecting too much because. You guys have a good pair of tackles in there, and Jason Peters and Lane Johnson. So 
Hey, on Monday night might be a little rough for him, but I think once he gets once he gets his feet wet Monday night, uh, he'll be able to give us something that we sorely lack in the past, which is a good pass rush. Uh, he, he was he went Clemson in sacks the past two years. He tested really well at the combine. So, you know, if things don't go so well on Monday night, which they might not, because you know he's a rookie and this is you know, probably the best tackle tandem in the NFL. I'm excited for, you know, I'm looking past week one because, you know, week one might get a little rough for him. But. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's it's a rookie. You know, I'm sure there's, I mean, we're looking at the guys like Eric Rowe and Nelson Aguilar and all that stuff. And, I yeah, we get you because I'm not, I'm not too jazzed about either one in week one, but towards the rest of the season, uh, definitely for sure. And I, I guess that's the other thing is just when I look at, when I look at this Atlanta Falcons offensive line, I mean, I still see, that it's not great. And I don't know how much it has improved. Has it improved? Really? Is is this kind of uh, too much of, uh, too, is, is it get too, uh, talked about too much from the outside? Is the offensive line actually better than a lot of people think it is? Or is it pretty much as uh, advertised here? It's weird. Like, they, you know, they're not, you know, they're not great. First of all, like, let's just get out of the way. They're not great. <laughs> but, but, uh, you know, you got Kyle Shanahan over from the Redskins last season, and he has definitely brought in the guys that he wants to run his own blocking scheme that he's implementing now. Uh, they just went on traded for Andy Levitri for Tennessee, and when he's healthy, he's shown that he can be a starting caliber guard in this league, which is something that we did not have, uh, which is something that we were lacking prior to uh, acquiring him. Um, but I think the biggest problem with this line is not really going to be overall talent because Chris Chester can still play in the league. Mike Person, he looks solid at the center, and you got Levitri in the interior. I think the biggest problem might be uh, chemistry in week one because these guys have really only had, since Levitri came, just about a week uh, you know, to get things going for the season. And that's one seven, and uh, really that's going to be a tough test uh, right from the jump. But I think. That I think we're underselling the talent on here a little bit, but chemistry issue week one might be might prove a bit of a challenge. Yeah, you know, one of the you know one of the things that I think the Falcons will probably not struggle a ton with is their passing offense. Um, obviously, Matt Ryan and, and Julio Jones are probably two of the best players on the team, if not the two best players uh, down there in Atlanta. And they're going to be going up against the secondary in in Philly that is new. It's got three new starters uh, along the cornerbacks and, and safety positions. Uh, what do you anticipate being, uh, I guess, sort of the game plan for the Falcons offensively? Do you expect a lot of uh, Matt Ryan to Julio Jones? And and what do you think their odds are against this, uh, I guess, this revamped new look uh, Eagles secondary? Yeah, I'm, this is one area of the Falcons. I'm really excited to see them. I'm uh, really excited to see them play on Monday night because you know, Matt Ryan, he's dealt with, you know, body pass protection uh, pretty much for the past two years. So I'm not really too concerned about his ability to deal with pressure. And I really like uh, Julio Jones going up against, you know, Maxwell and Will and those guys. But I think those guys are still trying to figure it out a little bit, playing with each other, uh, playing, uh, you know, Rose still adjusting to uh, the pro game. I think Julio's going to have a big game. He's in the store for a massive you know, Kyle Shanahan loves to get those number one targets involved. Julio's going to have a big game. I think Matt Ryan's going to have a big game, and they're going to have to have a big game if we're going to uh, 
you know, we're a pretty big underdog, so if we're going to upset the Eagles, those two guys are going to have to have a big game. I really think that they will. Yeah, I, I like Julio for about eight, a uh, little over 100 and a touchdown in this game. As much as I, as much as I like the new revamped, you know, secondary and it's improved and everything, I think it's still going to be, you know, take some time for this thing to gel. Uh, and I don't think they'll go crazy or anything. But let's get down to the meat and potatoes here, Charles. Who's uh, who's taking this thing home and give me a score prediction? Uh, well, I, I, I'm not going against my, my team, so I'm going to take the Falcons <laughs> in a shootout, 38 to 35. 38 to 35. I lo- well, I'm going to – obviously, a lot of us are going to disagree with you, and, of course, I've, you know – been joshing with you for a long time. I'm still not a big big fan of Dan Dan Quinn. I'm I, you know I, I feel like that's a little more just get, uh, Gus Bradley 2.0. That's slightly a little bit better, and he doesn't have the personnel to do it. But it's going to be an exciting Monday night, my friend. Thanks, Charles, for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. So of course, you know Matt wasn't here for that, but uh, we we've all become uh, good uh, good Twitter buddies and all that stuff. So I mean he. He is saying that he 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 could see a, a squeaker uh, with Atlanta winning thirty eight to thirty five. There, Matty. I don't know. I don't know. It's gonna. I think. I think it's gonna be really tough to score thirty eight points against this Eagles defense. Yeah. Give me a break. No. <laughs> I. And then I. I think that the thirty five is more unreasonable still. Like I don't see what do they have. What What can they possibly do? They have Desmond Trufant. And has he played at all? Like has he played at all in this preseason? You know, is he even going to play? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I know that he's been battling injury all preseason. And, you know, other than that, you have Vic Beasley, who you you know could maybe hope to turn into something. But he's going up against Jason Peters, who's, you know, Jason Peters is like uh, he's yeah, he, I don't know. He, he mentioned he's that. like an animatronic tree. He's like going to be trying to pass <laughs> rush against the animatronic tree. Like Jason <laughs> Peters is older, larger and wiser than he will ever be. And, you know, what hope, did, what hope did they have? I mean, this is a this is a 40 burger easily for our. Yeah, for see, our, that's what I thought. I was telling yeah. Patrick off the I said, you know what? I, I'm feeling 35 or 40 points. We'll get to uh, the exact prediction here in a little bit. But I mean, just what are you looking for, Patrick? What What is what are you going to come out away with this game from? Like, I just I feel like it's going to be a total smoke show. I feel like this is year one again for Chip Kelly. And I feel like it's Redskins Monday Night Football 2013. As it's, it's almost like we talked about that off air and then you said it. <laughs> yeah, it's, ma- it's amazing, right? As we pull away the curtain there. I love you, buddy. Wow, the fourth wall is coming down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think this is going to be. Uh, uh, I think this is going to be sort of Chip Kelly. If 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 the 2012, or excuse me, if the 2013 Washington game was. Chip Kelly's this is what I can do in the NFL game. This is going to be Chip Kelly's this is what I can do with a Chip Kelly team game. I think all preseason what we talked about was watching the running game and saying, oh, wow, so this is what Chip was talking about when he talks about, you know, committing to the run. And, you know, this is what he's looking for in a quarterback. And this is kind of what a defense should look like. I think now that Chip Kelly has a team in place, that's really kind of what he's envisioning. Um, I think you're going to really see that come to fruition in week one and you know, obviously the season itself is a process and you're not going to see everything immediately right out of the shoot. But I think you're going to get a really good idea of of the kind of games that the Eagles are going to play this season week one. And it's going to be fun because you're talking about a team that in the Falcons that really has, you know, one thing they do really well on either side of the ball. And that's throw the ball. So if the Eagles can can prevent themselves from being completely dominated on that side. Uh, I think it's going to be a pretty easy win. 
And it sets you up really nicely going into week two against the Cowboys at four. If the Eagles win, you know, 38-17, fans are going to be talking all week about how this team's going to go to the Super Bowl. Then they have a nice long tailgate with a 4.30 home game the next week. <laughs> got the oh, Cowboys coming to town. Oh, man, it's going to be a beautiful setup. It's oh, it's going to be fun. So And it all starts Monday night. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, the only thing that sucks is the, is the wait time through Sunday, but hopefully the, uh, the NFL red zone will carry us right over along with our fantasy teams. But, Matt, yeah, I mean, what, what are you looking for in this game? Uh, anything that scares you? And what's the most dominating thing that you think the Eagles can do? All right, well, here's how I think this game's going to go. I sort of am with you, you know, so – we had Chip Kelly burst onto the scene with his debut album there in 2013. <laughs> his sophomore album came out, and it was it was a little bit more of the same, you know? And you were like, eh, that was last year. <laughs> kind of like, you know, you're not doing the stuff that you were supposed to be good at so well. Like, this is not, this isn't so good. And then, but then, you know what? The third album comes out, and this album, it's just called Chip Kelly. That's all it's called. <laughs> it is an eponymous album. And it is going to be, we're talking triple platinum. Is that a thing? It's, it's it's a thing. We're talking a triple platinum album right now where he's going to come out and he's going to have totally re thing. It's going to be all new look. His, his backing musicians, they're all, they're all moved on. You know, they're all touring with the Foo Fighters and God knows who else. So, you know, we... Uh, Nick falls at the Foo Fighters. I'm laughing. There you go. Um, yeah, yeah. He's trying to drum, but he keeps falling backwards. Uh, so... So I, I think that uh, what I'm going to look at here, I mean, the offense, that's the that's the heart and soul of this team. It's the bread and butter, uh, controlling the controlling the clock, scoring, killing dudes. I mean, just ju- we're just going to murder them. We're going to blow them off the ball. They'll have no idea what hit them. But I think that the thing I really want to see is I want to see some like and this is this is dumb. This is a dumb thought on my part, but I would love to see some sort of cohesive game plan on the defense. Uh, I would think that, you know, you're going to want to more than just like, oh, where are you going to shade the safeties? I want to see them like really do some of this cover three stuff we've been hearing about all offseason. You know, I want to see some of that. I want to see some of the um, some of the better zone concepts. Like, are we going to see some shadowing? Uh, What sorts of what sorts of blitzes do we have in mind? You know, not necessarily. So predicated on on execution so much as as on scheme. I, I want to see I want to see a little bit more of that because you know that about halfway through the second quarter something disastrous is going to happen and it probably won't even matter, right? But you know you know it's coming. You know just like halfway through the second quarter something happens, somebody's not where they're supposed to be, and somebody scores, and we're all going to clench our butts and we're all going to go, uh oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, but, I think that's but right. You know what? I want to see I want to see them bounce back, and I also will be there to remind you that they're already winning by 24 points, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's it. And you touched on something that I'm I'm really looking forward to, along with, along with the cover three. I just want to see the certain types of blitzes that they have for Kiko and Kendricks and everybody else. I want to see that kind of worked in and, and just see that dominant front seven kind of come out and, you know, make some plays and do all that other stuff. And, of course, I know we've talked about it forever since they've come here, but I cannot wait to see DeMarco Murray and Ryan Matthews run the football. I can't wait. And as much as Dan Quinn wants to say, yeah, we've seen it in Seattle and we know the pace and everything else, I think he's going to look like a total asshole <laughs> by the time that that clock ticks because it's, you know, I, I just have a feeling this is going to be a great look. Chip Kelly's been taking shit for, I mean, since he got here, right? But he's taken shit for everything from the offseason season. Leading up to now, if you're telling me that he's going to be on the biggest stage that NFL can provide this week on Monday Night Football, 
He's going to drop his balls in everyone's mouth, and he's going to run that score up as high and as and as fast as he can, and I cannot wait to see it. We'll get to predictions in a second, but of course, we like to welcome back one of our favorite segments during the preview show, the NFL Picks. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and place some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL Picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. So uh, we welcome back yeah, again, like I was saying, our favorite segment. Everybody is undefeated going into week one, much like the NFL teams. So uh, what we're going to do is we just go on the old Bavada.lv, we look at the spreads, and we bet on them. Uh, I wouldn't trust our, you know, our, our expertise unless somebody gets really hot. Then we'll declare them, uh, you know, the most degenerate gambler on the podcast and everything else. But let's uh, let's go to Mr. Matt Daring as he leads us off for the very first pick'em of the season. Yeah, my game this week is the Seahawks Rams. <laughs> of, of course, yeah, of course, yeah. Hey, what's up, uh, Uber? L- listen, man. Like, okay, the spread here is is four and a half. So the Seahawks are four and a half point favorites over the Rams. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> are you, I mean, are you are you kidding me right now? Like that's. Where can I go to bet that the Rams won't break 10 points? Who will let me do that? Like, where can I go to say that they will kick, they will earn one field goal, they will be gifted one field goal, and then maybe they'll get another field goal? Like, where can I go to pick that, to put that down? Because I will put down, I don't have a lot of money, but I will put down some money on that because, my God. And so you're going to tell me that the, the you think the Seahawks will win by less than five points? Like, no, the Seahawks are going to kill them. They're going to roll. The only thing they have in their favor I mean, maybe a backdoor cover, but I think the only thing they really have in the favor is that the Seahawks don't need to score a lot of points because by the, you know, the end of the third quarter, the Rams will be sitting there with a nice three up on the scoreboard. So give me the Seahawks four and a half points. Thank you. Uh, And Mr. Patrick, well, where are we heading to next, sir? You know what, guys? Fall is coming soon. It's going to start getting chilly. Today we're recording this on a Thursday. It was really rainy. I want to take us somewhere really nice, really tropical. Let's go to Tampa. (laughs) Let's actually never go to Tampa. Okay. But let's go to Tampa in our minds. Tampa's not so bad. Where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Jameis Winston are going up against truest eagle, Marcus Mariota and the Titans. Somehow, the Buccaneers are minus three at home, which I guess makes sense, but... That's going to be the most hilariously sloppy game of the season. Just top to bottom. I don't see how anything other than like maybe was a Browns Jets this week is going to come anywhere close to the <laughs> slop fest that will be that game. So I'm going to just be an agent of chaos and say that Mariota wills the Titans to their first win of the season and his first career win. No, oh, I like that. That's the slop bowl. I think that's just the, the, the usual. Okay, they're at home, so they're minus three. And uh, all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, by I mean, the way, over under 41 on that one, I'd take the under. Yeah, I don't think, like how 22 points, 22, 21. How are they going to score 20 points? Neither of those teams. Yeah, can do that. yeah probably yeah. not. Yeah, no, it's a pretty it's a pretty safe bet over there. I'm going to actually I'm not going to be any fun. I'm going to go to the lock of the week and I'm going to hang out in Chicago, much to Tony Casale's, you know, d- dismay. Uh, but he'd probably agree with me on this one is Green Bay is a seven point favorite on the road in Chicago. And that is lock. City, baby. The Green Bay is going to destroy that awful Chicago Bears team 
Uh, the over-under is actually 49. I'd probably take the over on that, too. So um, it'll be uh, it'll be a, a joyous, joyous, joyous day that, you know, we get to sit and watch all these things on Sunday. But, uh, Maddie, when it really comes down to it, need your final prediction for the Eagles versus the Falcons. Should I go full heel? Nah, I don't think so. All right, give me 42 Eagles. <laughs> wow. 25 Falcons. 42, 35. Patrick Wall, what say you? 25. I don't I don't know if I can give him a 40 burger, but I do think it's going to be somewhere in the ballpark. I'm going to go uh 35 17 Eagles. I like that. I'll I'll give him a little extra bump. I'll give him 35 20. Uh and uh and that's that's I mean that's all she wrote. I I really don't see any any other close game outcome here unless everybody gets hurt or something like that, knocking on wood. I will say one of my favorite predictions coming in on the, on the Twitter.com at BGN underscore radio. Uh, Nick Vivono uh, checking in. It says, Sanchez will finish the game because Bradford leaves to go sign with a sponsorship with Lipton in the fourth quarter. So it's just got a big, big Eagles making my I agree with you, man. I think this is, this is a kind of coming out party for everybody else that wasn't quite sure. It seems like everybody's head's already kind of turned that way. And that's exciting, Philadelphia. Just think of this as, hey, this is the time where Jimmy Rollins says we're the team to beat in the East. Well, I think the Eagles are. So let's enjoy this ride. We are here for week one. And make sure to catch us on 97.5 The Fanatic, Sunday morning, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. We'll be there bright and early along with everybody there. So for myself, John Barchard, for Mr. Matt Daring, and of course, Patrick Wall, we want to thank you for listening to BGN Radio number 111 right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. Gip Smith. Sam Bradford. Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcast, and we thank you for choosing ours. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.